the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome, everybody. Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host and your fabulous world champion coffee achiever. Good to be with you this afternoon on the second hour of Southern California Live. We are live all throughout Southern California on KKLA in the LA area and KPRZ in San Diego. It is so good to be with you. I always enjoy our our time together, our conversation, and your calls. You can call me at 888-LA-TALKS. 888-528-2557, and uh, call me anytime, 888-528-2557, if you want to join the conversation. We've talked about a lot of things uh, in the the first hour, talking about crime in our state and some other stuff. And, you know, a lot of the time when we get into the conversation of things going on in the world, we need to do that from a Christian perspective. My hope is that in our conversation on this program, it helps us shape our, our not necessarily not just our views, but our understanding of things so that we are better disciple makers, so that we better represent Christ, so that whenever we engage in the public square, which could be in a public arena, it could be online, could be just you and a coworker or you and a classmate, that we recognize that we have something bigger that we're a part of, the kingdom of God, and that we are making disciples. This is, by the way, is the win. Um, what would you say in your church is a win? Like if you go to church and um, you you go on Sunday, what is a winning Sunday to you? What are you really hoping for? What if you're a volunteer at your church? What do you what is the win? What is what makes it a good Sunday? What is something that to you uh, makes it worth being there? And does that really jive with what the scriptures say it ought to be? Let me know your thoughts, 888-528-2557. The Wall Street Journal on Monday put out an article about how many people, uh, pastors, in fact, are leaving the ministry. Did you know this? The numbers are very, very significant and something that's increased a lot. It was happening before the pandemic, but it has increased dramatically during the pandemic. I myself, I know a lot of pastors who have left who are are doing other jobs, or maybe they, you know, they're still going to church. They're still uh, Sunday school teachers or small group leaders, but they're no longer pastors in the professional sense of it. Or they have joined other Christian nonprofits, or they are doing other kinds of of ministry. But the church, the way the church is structured, the way the church um, is developing, is changing a lot. And another thing that is a trend that's happening is that people are not coming back to church in the same numbers. Some people are watching it on TV because that was something that occurred during the pandemic. Just about, you know, most churches found a way to get online live or to have their services recorded and you can upload it to YouTube. There's lots of different ways churches do that. But here's a question uh, for you. I think that uh, in the the first part of the pandemic, maybe people didn't go to church because their church was shut down. And then uh, a few months later, lots of churches started to open. Um, now, most churches, not all, but most churches have their doors open for live services. There's still a lot of people watching from home. 
Um, I think I still, in our church, we have some people who I know they're there every week and they say hello online, but uh, we haven't seen them for two years. And uh, if you're listening, you know, time to come back, time to be there. We'd love to see you. Everything's okay. You know, just about everybody got uh, the uh, the COVID uh, in January in our church. So uh, hopefully we're completely immune, vaccinated or not. Uh, I think we've got it. Um, I certainly did. And uh, that was not pleasant, but uh, we're okay. We're good. Um, maybe there's some other reason. But some people said, well, people aren't coming because they are fearful. But some of the new studies are saying that a lot of people aren't coming to church now because they're indifferent. So it's not about fear because of the virus or anything. It's just that, eh, get up in the morning, especially Southern California, where we have a lot of things to do. We have great weather. We have um, just a lot that we can do year-round in Southern California. It's not like we're in Cleveland or something, and what else are you going to do in February? You're going to go to church, I guess, on Sunday morning. They probably have the heater on and some donuts, and uh, good to show up. I think people wake up in our town and they go, should we go to church today or the beach? And that is a big decision uh, that people make. Where are you? Would you like to talk about this? 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. And speaking as a pastor and reading this from the Wall Street Journal, I'll share some of it for you. Your pastor has these thoughts too. Um, It is a funny thing sometimes being a pastor. There are days when you just think, God, thank you for calling me into this profession. This is the greatest thing ever. And then there are days when you're like, you know what? Uh, I am completely done with this. I'm going to go find some kind of MLM and I'm going to sell candles the rest of my life. Uh, would you like to come to my house and uh, I'll introduce you to these these new scents. Um, we're going to have a, a San Diego scent and an LA scent and Orange County scent. It'll give you a different mood about different things. We could We could create our own candle a program right here on this show. We have those thoughts. But what churches are seeing now is a difficulty in even hiring and finding pastors. Surveys say, according to the Barna Group, that 38%, 38% of pastors are seriously, right now, considering leaving full-time ministry. And that is up from 29% a year ago. 38%, more than a third, are planning or seriously considering leaving full-time ministry. And maybe more startling is among pastors under 45 years old, half are considering quitting. That's according to the Wall Street Journal and the Barna Group. Um, That's pretty significant. I think what you're seeing is pastors making these decisions during the great resignation, people uh, including pastors, people who work at churches and other places. We sat home, and uh, like all of us, and we really considered, is this really where God wants me? Am I being used the right way? Maybe some people just don't really like what they're doing. And I think what happened also for people who go to church is we had some time to sit at home. And if you've been at church all your life, it's the weirdest thing. In my life, my dad's a pastor. I was always at church. I didn't really have a choice. But I chose when I got out of the house and I went to college to go to church. You know, there was a moment where I realized, yeah, I don't have to do this anymore. I'm not the, my, the pastor. I'm the pastor's kid. Pastor's not around. Uh, I guess I could just not go, but I chose to go. And the most church I've ever missed in my life was during the pandemic. And I can't, I mean, I probably didn't miss, even when we're out of town, I go to church somewhere. Uh, I like to go to a friend's church so I can make fun of them after the service or something uh, or check out, you know, some other place. I get an opportunity to worship with my wife, which is something I don't get to do that often as a pastor. Um, But a lot of people sat around and they said, you know what? I got other things I can do and they're not coming back. 
And maybe it was fear at first, fear for some people of getting the virus, but now it's just indifference. That's what the studies are saying. And pastors are feeling the same way. What are your thoughts about this? Where are you at? 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. Lavona from Los Angeles. If I have your name right, is it uh, Lavona, Lavana? It's Lavana. You got it right the second time. All right, Lavana. Hey, how you doing today, Lavana? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking the question, and thank you for the opportunity to share today. Yeah. What's on your so mind? I, so I'm a pastor's wife, and yeah. um, as you said, uh, people found a way to get online and be available, and so I'm happy to say that we were consistent in terms of uh, making sure that we were meeting on a regular basis. And I think what, what, what I want to share is the fact that even, I think now, being a person of faith, for me, has been strengthened, because I, I saw that people were willing to do whatever they had to do to make sure that they could stay connected to one another and to, you know, whether it was in prayer or Bible study or regular worship services, technology yeah. or face-to-face, people wanted a chance to come together with other people who believed as they believed, it's kind of like the, the huddle, if you will, but right. just to stay connected. And so I'm, I'm grateful that we have more enthusiasm as a result of the pandemic as opposed to less. And, I, and I, I'm speaking for myself, but I'm also speaking for the folks that the Southern Church who followed us throughout the pandemic, and again, I think would say some of the same thing. So, do you I think feel it's like important question? Yeah. Hey, do you feel like in your ministry, uh, you and you said your pastor's wife, do you guys feel more encouraged now or less than when the pandemic started? I, I would say more encouraged because again, there, there were so many. There's so many reasons not to participate, right? Not to show up, right? And people made the decision to show up anyway. Right, yeah. to stay connected anyway. And so that, that's encouraging because, as you were saying, so many people took it as a time to, you know, step back and say, not now. And I think we, we've had more people that say, I want to go deeper. Mm. That's always going to be a source of encouragement. And so I'm glad yeah. we got a chance to see that in real time. Yeah, that is encouraging. I'm real glad that you're encouraged, and I hope that your husband is too uh, during this time. Uh, thank you for calling, uh, Lavana, Lavana, Lavana. Uh, appreciate it very much. Hey, uh, Jesse from L.A. Jesse, welcome to Southern California Live. I appreciate you having me. Yeah. Um, what I did want to say is this. I don't think it's so much apathy, but what I was seeing in the church for decades was this. People were basically, they weren't coming to worship. They weren't realizing that they are the church. They were coming mm. to hear pastor get something from him, endure the songs and worshiping, and sometimes not, you know, opening their Bibles even when Pastor was speaking. So I, I think more so it was the thing of them not realizing that when they get into the building, the objective is to please the Lord. The hmm. objective is to get in front of the Lord and find out what you take from the sermon and take it out into the world. So yeah. since most believers were sitting up and, like, kind of stalling out in their pews, you yeah. know, uh, get out to the parking lot and forget that anything happened, I think it was just a convenience. Oh, I can get from the TV. I can get from YouTube. Mm-hmm. But corporate worship, as far as really realizing that this is what pleases God, and that's what we're going to be doing maybe not 24-7 up in heaven, but that's what we're going to be doing falling before his throne, you know, when we get home. 
So yeah. that's my take on it. You do you know? feel do you feel like the majority of believers understand what church is for? You know um, what I'm I saying? Think, like do you think that the just kind of across the board do we have we lost that? Have we is it just a habit or cultural thing and we we show up on Sunday um have we lost that or or are we regaining that? Um I've been praying that, but yeah. I've been praying that for decades and I have watched the church go into a decline and speak very frequently with um, some of the people and some of the the worldwide ministries, their administrators and and the like. And I I found this, and in my watching the church, I've even seen, you know, the tithing thing and people tithing because they're trying to get something from the Lord. And some believe in tithing and some don't. But the whole thing behind it is that we haven't gotten it yet, that everything, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So anything that we get, anything that we receive, it's all by His grace and mercy. But we don't think of it like that. You know, it's like, um, yeah, God, bless me, bless me, bless me. But when something tragic happens, um, something's wrong with you, God. I blame you, God. Um, I've been faithful to you. So there's a pullback and yeah. not the understanding of, look at Job, look at his life. He, in spite of losing everything, worshiped before the Lord right. and wouldn't abandon his faith. And I think that's where we miss it. We look at God as a, a slot machine, put the right dimes in, quarters in, pull it, and I'm supposed to get this back, where he's not. You know, yeah. if we don't get to the point where we realize that we were freed from a slavery with mm-hmm. Christ's death, and we weren't freed from that slavery in order to be free to do what we like. It was to serve our Lord, and that's where we miss it, because we don't realize, and having that relationship real tight is where life really is, because He is life. So we stumble around, and then we get dissatisfied, and then yeah. we uh, push the escape button, you know? I think there's, a, there's an indifference. So, yeah. That's what a lot of people are saying now of why they're not going back to church. It's like, why do I need that? Um, all right. Um, Jesse, I appreciate your phone call very much and your thoughts. I'm glad that you are encouraged. I want you to be encouraged. And you know that we, as we hear from these calls, and you can join our conversation, 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. We're responding to a couple of studies that have come out recently, one in the Wall Street Journal on Monday that talked about the number of pastors who are leaving churches, uh, leaving the ministry, not just leaving their churches, but getting a different job. You've heard of the great resignation, but that, and that's happening all over the place. Uh, and what's the reason for that? 38% of all pastors, according to Barna, are considering that, and 50% of pastors under 45 are considering that. But also, we have seen that uh, not everybody has been back to church after the uh, pandemic. I think in most places, certainly most places in the country, we're still a little bit different in uh, in California. You know, I think I want to say more than half of the students in the country haven't been wearing masks for a long time. We're talking about masks on kids and things like that in our state. And a lot of people in the country, they're just, they've been done with that for a long time. And churches have been wide open for a long time. There are still churches in California who are unable to open, or it's really complicated because of some, uh, you know, different churches have different reasons, and sometimes there's just local 
uh, complications to reopening and those kinds of things. Uh, we're a little bit behind, but these studies are the whole the whole church, the whole uh, nation. And what some people are responding, and I'd love to hear from you, if you haven't gone back to church or maybe you've left church recently, um, what's the reason? Are you afraid? Is it indifference? Are you discouraged? Um, or is it just, there just seems like there's better things to do? Like what, what's on your mind with that? 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. Uh, let's go with Joel in Pasadena. Joel, how you doing? Hi, thanks for taking my call. Appreciate it. Yeah. So, um, obviously with the COVID thing, it was a major shift for me. I went to church my entire life, never, hardly ever missed a Sunday. And um, now, uh, in doing church from home, it, it it's just such a pull to convenience mm. that it, it plays a lot into uh, what I see as people just not wanting to be relational anymore. You know, it's it's relational great when it's on your phone, when it's all the social media, but when it's face-to-face, it's almost like people are not interested in that, and um, it's a real draw. Are you, are you still going to church, or do you just watch on TV now? You know what? Um, we'd like to get plugged back into church, um, but it, it is somewhat... It is difficult. I, I just need to be very transparent about it. It's difficult yeah. because all of the reasons originally why it was hard to go to church, it was tough. It was there was nobody our age, or there wasn't the right youth groups, or there wasn't uh, you know the right programs. All those little selfish things that made us see the imperfections of church. And now it seems that there is this incredible plethora of online and digital capabilities that looks to dissolve more face-to-face relationships. I, in one way, I think churches did a great job of making accessible, uh, call it church, online because of COVID. Right. But I'm not surprised that the statistics show that most people are having a hard time going back. I'm not just being completely transparent. Yeah, I well, no, that I appreciate that. I think that's really the open issue. Everybody likes choices. They like convenience. It's Southern California. Um, it's uh, saving time, not getting dressed in the morning. But for me personally, I'm, I, I'm a little, um, I'm, I'm a little taken back by the fact that you have to really make the effort to go back and to serve relationally, yeah. and it's hard to do that sometimes. What are your what, thoughts? Uh... What would make you excited about actually going back to church? What would actually say, you know what, I'm going to get up. And we always hear people who are, we have people, I joke with people, I'm not really joking, they're late to church, they can't get there for, you know, the 1030 service because they had to get the kids up and all of this. And I'm going, well, you get the kids out of the house at 730 every morning. Can't do that for God. There's, there's a certain drive there. So what would drive you, Joel, back to church? I think that going back to church involves myself. It involves making sure that my children are plugged into appropriate Christian life classes and that there is a char- there is a character development portion of church, which is why we're there. Not a version of sermons that we can find online just as easily, but that there's real care and there's the real interest to develop character, Christian character, 
because I believe that Christian character matters as a function of our, of our belief. I think that's, that is the foundation mm. of what call, God calls us to do and the purpose of what his overall story is. And uh, fortunately or unfortunately, the Church in many aspects is, is, is choking on, the, on sitting on that same foundation of delivery that says, you know, this is a very simple way of life. The Gospel is very simple. It's God's Word, it's God's truth, and, and defend your faith. Yeah. All right, Joel. I think I'm losing you there a little bit uh, on on the cell phone, but I do appreciate your call. And Joel, I encourage you to uh, really think about getting back in the church, I think. And we've got a bunch of calls on here. We're going to take a break, but I will get to your calls as soon as we get back. We're responding to the studies that came out this week, one of them showing how many pastors are getting ready to leave ministry. They're not leaving the faith. You know, there's some pastors doing that. You can talk about that another time, but most are, are staying in the faith, but they're changing jobs. And half of pastors under 45 are considering leaving the ministry. 38% of pastors overall are considering this. And also large numbers, 20 to 30% of people have not come back to church nationally after the pandemic. And some studies are saying it's not fear. It's, uh, and there's some people who aren't coming back because maybe they never really believed in the first place and they were on their way out before. But there are other believers who aren't feeling the draw. And what are we what can we do to really help move people to gather together? The book of Hebrews tells us to not forsake the gathering together. Um, and it, it leans into us about doing that because of the day approaching, capital D, day, meaning judgment day, that it's important that the church gather together. We'll get to your calls right after the break. The number is 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. This is the Wednesday edition of Southern California Live. I'll be right back. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Scott Furrow with you. Great to be with you in this afternoon here in Southern California. We are talking about responding to studies that came out this week that confirmed some things that we knew already, but pastors who are leaving ministry, lots of people, pastors uh, over under, 50, under 45, it said 50% under 45 are seriously considering changing professions, 38% overall but also a lot of people, 20 to 30%, still not going back to church, and studies are saying a lot of it has to do with indifference. And we're getting your thoughts about it. You can give me a call, 888-528-2557, 888-LA-TALKS. I do have some things to offer as some solutions and some things to think about and pray about with this, but um, I want to take your calls and get your thoughts because I think you might hit on those things as well. Paul in Westminster, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, I have a brother who lives outside of Colorado Springs. He has uh, three children and a wife. Yeah. And uh, he's just making deliveries. And you just have to do it out of financial means. He has to work just about every day. So he's working on Sundays. No, he's doing uh, driver's delivery, DoorDash. So, I mean, that's the only way you can bring some money in. His wife's got experience in customer service and training and that kind of thing. That's how they met a folks on the family 22 years ago. So, it, are, are you, uh, just, is he going to church somewhere? Is that, um, I, I don't think they have been, but it's just that it's because of the, uh, tightness of time. And stuff. Mm. 
that he's not able to make it. Yeah, so I think that's one thing. Uh, because, uh, the I th- thing is, is that uh, when they have a, uh, her, her mother there, and uh, that, that sort of thing, too, so it's a lot on her hands, and she has to do what he can also. So it's yeah. very tight on time and responsibility. She holds yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. Thank you, Paul, for your call. I appreciate that very much. You know, uh, that's a change in our society, too. People are doing other things on Sunday. Um, lots of sports on Sunday. That has been something that has been difficult for, for us with my kids, especially baseball seems to be baseball and soccer. Sometimes there are Sunday Sunday games, especially here. Um, you know, there are some great thinking about church. Church doesn't have to be on Sunday. There used to be a church still there. They now meet on Sundays, actually, but they used to meet on Tuesdays. And uh, this is in, I think you said, Paul, Colorado Springs is where your brother was. Um, this church is actually in Denver, but it comes to mind all the time because the name of the church, the name of the church is called Scum of the Earth Church. That's the name of the church. <laughs> Scum of the Earth Church. Now, you might think that's just wild. Where does that come from? And it is, but it actually comes from uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, um, where that is kind of how um, uh, people are referred to. And uh, they used to meet on Tuesdays, and the idea was there are so many people who are unable to meet on Sundays, and especially people maybe who have delivery jobs and some some other things. Um, it's very, very hard. And First uh, Corinthians 4.13, when we are slandered, we answer kindly. We have become the scum of the earth, the garbage of the world, right up to this moment. And uh, that's where they get their name. They meet on Sundays now. Um, Let's go to Joe in Commerce. Joe, welcome to Southern California Live. Hey, Scott, how you doing? I'm doing great, Joe. How are you today? Good. Thank you for taking my call. I'm doing. I'm being blessed by the Lord. Thank oh, Jesus that's good. Christ. Yeah. You know, I just want to kind of comment. You know, one thing I, I and I see. I've I've been born again for 41 years now. Hmm. You know, faced for a you. lot of things: the drugs, the alcohol, all that stuff. Uh, I'm a musician. Musician slash truck driver slash truck driver. Okay. You know, and what I see is uh, you can't have... I've been in the world, and I've been with the Lord now. Since this pandemic, I didn't let that affect me. I stood up on my foundation, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. This pandemic hasn't affected me none or my family, because I broke the chain of the curse. Mm. You can't have one foot in the world and one foot in the church. You've got to be one or the other. You know? Yeah. Do you think and that it, that is? Uh, do you think that that is one of the difficulties that people have? Is that they're not really committed? That they're not all in? Is, is that the reason that maybe some people don't get back into church or they're not excited about going to church? Correct. Always looking for an excuse not to go. Uh, you're, you're doing such a great job. I listen to you every day. Oh, thank all you, way, Joe. I listen to the stations all the from Frank Pastore. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's been a long time. Well, we're really glad that you're part of the uh, the family here at uh, KKLA you're listening to, Joe. Thank you very much for calling. Uh, 888-LA-TALKS is the phone number, 888-528-2557. We're talking about church, the idea that uh, some studies that came out, pastors are considering leaving ministry. Lots of people aren't going back to church, but also there are lots of people, and some of you have called, who are more committed to church and the gathering together than they were before the pandemic. So it's affected people in different ways. What are some things that we can do um, that maybe this indicates about the church and what we believe? Give me a call, 888-528-2557. Ellie from Calabasas, do I have your name right? Is it Ellie? 
Yes, it is. Hi, Ellie. Perfect timing. Perfect. I was just putting gas in my car so I wouldn't be able to hear you. All right. Okay. I really, really believe um, that something was said before as far as church on Sunday, and I understand that's tough. Mm. A lot of churches I know were, are having services on Saturday. Yeah. And I think what the last gentleman said, it's our commitment. But I love going to church because my pastor ties it all in with history, Scripture, right out of the Bible, of what we are dealing with today. Mm. What we're going through is nothing new from what is Scripture from Old and the New Testament. <laughs> that is true. And I think that's why, that's why people are going. My church is overflowing. Oh, that's good. Because it's pertinent today. Yeah. Hey, Ellie, appreciate your call, and I hope you didn't uh, get robbed too badly on the gas there that you got there. You know, I think Ellie makes a, you know, one point is that church needs to be um, relevant for today. And one of the ways that you, your relevance is kind of an overused word, and it can mean different things. But one of the things to be encouraged about is the struggle that we're having now, the reason that the Hebrews writer says uh, in Hebrews chapter 10, that you need to keep going to church and that do not forsake the gathering of believers is because they were struggling too. They were struggling back then and they didn't have a democracy. They were struggling with their government. They were struggling with poverty. Um, they were struggling with all kinds of things. And the encouragement is this, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. You know, one thing I would offer you as we have this conversation, and I'll get to your calls here in just a moment, is that I think that we are more excited about church when this is part of church, when we are able to hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. When you look at what's going on in the world today, Actually, it points so great to Jesus Christ and what the Bible says, that there will be a time of lawlessness, that people will be lovers of selves. All these, you know, these lists of different descriptions of the society, particularly at the end times, but it's been at different times throughout history. That's us. And yet he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. You know what a good win is for your church is that when you gather together and you can say, uh, did anybody bring somebody that they're discipling? Did we encourage people into mission and to serving somebody, a family in need? Was there somebody who showed up that we prayed for who was hurting that day? Was there somebody who showed up and we're celebrating with them that day? You know, there's a relational aspect to church that sometimes gets lost when it's just a routine, stand up, sit down, you know, sing a couple songs and all this kind of stuff. There is, a, there is something about this gathering that when we really follow the Scriptures— it's something that makes you want to go. Uh, I'll continue with that in a minute here. Eddie from Woodland Hills, welcome to Southern California Live. Eddie, how you doing? Hey, how are you doing? Uh, yeah. Thank you for having me on. It's an interesting topic you have here. This is something I think uh, my family and I have had to wrestle through um, in a while. Obviously, the pandemic happened and Churches were closing their doors as a precautionary measure, but then it turned into a year-long thing and then a, a way-too-long thing. So right. we, we have the personal conviction that there are inescapable attributes in the Bible of a Christian that 
are physical in nature, whether it's baptism or, you know, counsel that happens face-to-face. I think accountability to those things. And yes, Hebrews 11 uh, is definitely something we've cited over and over, but that was not enough for our church to consider, you know, um, regathering. Yeah. So we, we actually wrote pages of letters and emails pleading with our leadership to gather. Yeah. And so I, I think you asked, what is the answer? Um, accountability is certainly necessary. Um, holding people accountable to the fact that they have allowed convenience or fear to stop them from the fellowship that absolutely um, fulfills the biblical life of a Christian person. Mm. It's, uh, it's impossible without it. Um, sure, we may so did you guys years did you change prison. churches ultimately because the, your church wouldn't open? We did. We okay. did, un- unfortunately. Yep. Yeah. Um, did that church ever open? They did. They okay, did they finally did. Open. Yeah. And and the shepherding that I believe pastors, you're talking about pastors yeah. who are called to this or not, I don't think anyone should let these really tough times, and I, I feel for the pastors who were shepherding churches at this time. It was not easy, but um, we cannot allow ourselves to be deceived. And it is such a simple, straight truth that you cannot shepherd people successfully while everyone is isolated. And giving way to isolation is giving way to... uh, It's a win for the devil. Let's just put it that way. I think so. Eddie, thank you for your call. And uh, once again, when we're talking about um, gathering together and what the instruction is, it's not just to show up. I think that's one of the things that gets discouraging for people, even all these pastors who are leaving. You know, whenever I've been discouraged, it's when you're not shepherding, when you are kind of running a business or you're working 80 hours a week and you're tired and and you're you're not really church. The thing is about church is that all of us are the church, that it's let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, not let the pastor hold unswervingly to the hope he professes. Um, it's let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not let the pastor consider how he may spur one his congregation on towards love. That's the pastor's job, but there is something about us doing it for each other. Like if you want to enjoy your church on Sunday— it's not about being a movie critic and saying, I really like this song. I didn't like that song. The pastor got a B plus, you know, and sort of looking at it that way. It's about, did I have spiritually significant conversations today? Was I challenged, you know, was I, or was I just a movie critic? If you're just a critic, you know, you're just, um, you're going to get burned out pretty quick. Your pastor is going to be frustrated. But if you're able to say, you know, how did God use me to spur one another on to, get right with my hope with Christ today, which often happens not because of the message or the song, not because of something the pastor did or a deacon or elder, but because of a prayer time you had with somebody. It's amazing how great church is. You're listening to Southern California Live. Our phone number is 888-528-2557. We're talking about uh, church and uh, what 
uh, is making pastors want to leave, what is not bringing people back, uh, or what has encouraged people and strengthened their faith during this time, and what to do about it. I'll give you some thoughts about that, too, when we get back, as long, along with your calls, 888-528-2557. This is Southern California Live. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Welcome back. Southern California Live. There is nothing that's going to steal your joy if your joy is in Christ Jesus. His promises are true. His word is true. And uh, even though there might be struggles with church that you're talking about, and we have uh, all kinds of things that we struggle with here, Jesus Christ never fails us. And uh, if we ever think that he does, you know, sometimes we think, oh, you know, God, where were you? Well, we're we're the ones who are missing what God is calling us to do. And that's one of the things as we're talking about why people are indifferent towards going to church more and more often today, why so many pastors, according to a recent study in the Wall Street Journal, are considering leaving professional ministry. Uh, Not leaving the faith. There's other studies about that, but uh, just leaving the professional ministry. There's a change coming, my friends. It It is coming quickly. And I don't know what that means for sure. I don't know if it's coming because of relationship with the government or just the way we do church, but there is a feeling that I have that the way we do church for one reason or another is going to change, and I think we're going to be blessed by it. So change might scare a lot of people, but I think for a lot of us, we're going to be blessed even though it might be different. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-LA-TALKS. Andrew from Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. How you doing, Andrew? Hey, I'm, I'm doing well. Thank you. Um, I just want to say real briefly that God is good. I think everyone needs to hear that yeah. here and there. <laughs> um, but there was a gentleman that a couple of calls ago that said something about lack of commitment. Mm. And I just feel so strongly that that is um, one of the main, if not the main reason that people are staying away from church. Because once you step in, if you're in a place of lack or sin, it'll really like the, that religious, there's a religious spirit that'll really fall on you. And yeah. it's, it's really dangerous. And um, that being said, I really feel like that change you mentioned, it's the church is no longer the four walls. I mean, mm-hmm. we have worship events going on at the beach. We have, I mean, home churches are really on the rise. And I think that's something that's really been a product of um, the COVID and just not being able to step in as an organization due to the laws and whatever, whatnot. Right. Um, so, so that's been huge. But that lack of commitment, what happens there is it creates, it creates insecurity. Now, let's think of any relationship, you know, in, with, a, with a lover, uh, a friend, whatever. If there's a lack of commitment, it creates insecurity. When there's insecurity, it creates vulnerability. And then what vulnerability does, it, it creates intimacy. And intimacy is what makes us one hmm. with the Lord. So when there's a lack of commitment, how could you be, how could you be intimate? if you're not truly committed. Yeah. You know, I think, uh, and I appreciate that uh, call, Andrew, and um, I think you're right. You know, the uh, one of the things we did learn in the pandemic, which I hope we don't lose, is that the church is not the four walls. I think that's a big problem for a lot of us. We, we feel like as church, if we have the environment around us in a, a constructed, you know, edifice somewhere, 1 Corinthians 3, 9, for we are co-workers in God's service, you are God's field, God's building. See, the building isn't your church property or building. It's it's us. It's people. We're co-workers in God's service. I like to say how many 
how many churches are represented in our radio audience today? Of all these phone calls, we got a lot of them. How many people, how many different churches are represented? Well, it's a trick question because the answer is one. We are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. And I think we should keep that in mind. Uh, Angela from El Monte. Angela, welcome to Southern California Live. Hello, how are you? Hi, Angela. I'm good, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to comment um, about the the, uh, the reason why we see the pastors that are falling away today or, or quitting. Well, we're just talking about pastors leaving the profession, not necessarily falling away. Okay, leaving the profession. Yeah. So if you if you are a pastor in today's time, you know the Bible tells us that it would be it would be a really difficult time uh, for us for us to survive. Like, it would be difficult. So I believe that that's one of the reasons why a lot of the pastors are quitting the profession today, because it's, it's, they don't know how to continue on with everything that is going on today. Sometimes in certain circumstances, it's very, very difficult, and times have changed. There's there's something interesting. Thank you for your call, Angela. I appreciate it. You know, the, the pastor's job is a weird job, and there's an element of it that may not really be scriptural in the way that we we structure it. You know, you have, uh, there's a difference of opinion with different denominations. We're still one church, right? But we have some difference of opinion in, in interpretation. And so you'll have some churches that are designed a little bit differently than one another. But an interesting thing is usually you have the word elders. Um, it's usually translated elders, overseers, uh, as the leaders in a church. It's almost always plural. Uh, and that's something that people are realizing that there's a lot of pressure when you put it all in one person. Um, and it's not the biblical design to put it all in one person. Did you know that? Um, it's You could definitely argue that there's a biblical design that one person is the lead of the elders, and that might be your lead pastor. Um, but your lead pastor um, should have accountability and help. And what the leadership is supposed to be doing uh, along with that accountability, is empowering the saints, the people in the church, to do what we're called to do. And if I can leave you with something here in just our last couple of minutes, I think one of the things, we've talked about commitment to church and other things. You know, I think one of the things that we miss is that we want people to be committed to church, and there's different motivations for having people show up, and it feels better if they show up, if people are there, and you've got uh, programs and they, you know, hopefully they're, they're helping the kids and they're helping the youth and they're helping people and all those things. You want that, but there tends to be this motivation that we want to build our own little kingdom here and have a cool church and, and build that up for the sake of our own church, for the sake of our own label. And one of the things I think that discourages a lot of people is that that burns people out eventually. That, including the pastors, that's why they they leave. They're not in this to just, hopefully, um, build a brand for themselves or a name for themselves. Some of them are, right? And they usually get burned up or they have a moral failure or something. You know, God will get them if they really know the Lord, uh, and they do. There's a great example of the faithful in uh, Hebrews 11, and it talks about this crowd of people. Hebrews eleven thirty six. Some faced years and flogging and even chains. And it's talking about these early Christians. And the writer of Hebrews is saying, hey, you know, this is a cloud of witnesses that we have of our faith. 
How do we compare to them? Some faced years in flogging, even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed into two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, mistreated. And then this really interesting verse here, Hebrews eleven thirty eight: the world was not worthy of them. I mean, think about that for a minute. Does The world was not worthy of them. Like these believers who put their faith in God, the world wasn't worthy of them. And one of the things that Hebrews tells us about these people is that one of the most amazing things about their faith is that they never actually saw the fulfillment of God's promises. Abraham, the whole world's going to be blessed, you know, through your family. But Abraham never saw that. He was blessed. He had the kids, right? But he never saw the whole world, every nation being blessed. That comes later. We can look back in our time today and say, oh, well, now I completely understand that. And we come up with a little song, you know, Father Abraham, many sons. You probably have sung that maybe if you were in church as a little kid. Uh, or maybe you didn't. I don't know. He never saw that. And that's one of the ways these these faithful people were praised is because they didn't give up on their faith. We tend to give up on our faith if we pray something on Monday and God doesn't answer it on Friday. We're like, God, why? And these people never saw the answer. They just were faithful. And this is something that we should keep in mind. I think that we are going to see revival. I actually think that what's going on right now, as hard as it might be, as, as much change as there could be, I think that there is revival. I think that there are some people who may never come back because maybe they don't really know the Lord. But I also think that some of you who are just disillusioned or you are frustrated or bored, um, I think that the answer for you is to come back with an attitude of fixing your eyes on Jesus and not fix and what he wants and not fixing your eyes on um, just the temporal things. And as churches, we can do that together, but so you can do it. I heard somebody once uh, retranslate Hebrews 12.1 in uh, what maybe our attitude is like today. He said, therefore, since we, have, we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us hide and whine and complain and hoard our resources and put our Bibles in a drawer, build bomb shelters, purchase ammunition, blame the cops, blame the president, blame the teachers, blame our mom, demand rights, build a wall, tax the rich, play it safe, all these things, right? It's not what it says. We are surrounded by a great, great cloud of witnesses. Let us throw off everything that hinders the sin and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. That's the thing that is going to give you revival and energy in your church is fixing your eyes on Jesus and the race marked out for you. What has Jesus called you to do? I promise you it has to do with loving the people in your life. More to say. We'll have time another day for that, but we're out of time today. I'm Scott Furrow. Thanks for listening to Southern California Live. I'll be back with you tomorrow afternoon from 3 to 5. God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.